ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the BB Chronicle. Today is Monday. Uh, what day is it right now? Monday, January the 9th. It is officially the end of the NFL regular season. And what a way to what a way to end it with Green Bay. The Green Bay Packers, the team that I had all week, proclaimed that they were going to win their Sunday night football game and were going to make the playoffs. And they won the freaking I mean, and they lost the freaking game. The Green Bay Packers lost to the Detroit Lions. And I find it a stunner only because I thought the the I believed I was going to see a lot of urgency from Green Bay, considering they could make the playoffs with a win at home against a divisional opponent that, yeah, they didn't beat this season, but they had beaten a fair amount of times, their fair share amount of times throughout the years. And we will not be seeing Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. That's just my first thought right off the bat. That was... That and another thing I'm about to get to later were the two most dramatic things that happened uh, yesterday, week 18 of the NFL season. The last, the last weekend of NFL football, it tends to be very dramatic. It tends to be weird. It, it it's, it's very odd uh, watching NFL games. Watch just watching the NFL on the last day of the season. It does <laughs> something feels odd. It, it it just does. Some teams, it, again, it's because some teams have other. They all have you know different things they're playing for. It varies with every team. Some teams have to win, and are going to play like they would any other game. Some teams like the. I'm gonna go on a rant about them later. Teams like the Cowboys, uh, they don't know what the hell they they want to do. They they know they have a, a shot maybe to move up. But they know it's unlikely too. It puts them in a tough situation, uh, considering they also can't move down. They have nothing to necessarily lose, um, and then there's teams that have nothing to nothing to prove. I mean, nothing to win necessarily. They're they're either gonna pick in the top to the draft, or they already missed the playoffs by maybe a game, like the like the Commanders, or like the Lions on Sunday night. Every team is in a different situation. So that, that's why watching, especially as a Cowboy fan, watching the games, the vibe to it is so weird to it. it I just you, you, I just can't explain it. I, I watched that Cowboys game yesterday against the Washington Commanders. In case anybody was living under a rock, the Dallas Cowboys got their asses whooped by the Washington Commanders 26-6. And yes, the starters played. Everyone played. I like. I I'm not 100 percent sure how much the starters were actually trying to win. Like, uh, like to be fair, I I have no clue. If it, it felt like they couldn't do anything right to save their lives, they saved. They they saved this day, the last day of the season, a week before the playoffs, to have the worst game of the freaking regular season of the entire season. It, it probably wasn't the best timing. Okay. It gives fans a very tough time, a very tough, a very tough mentality going into the going into the playoffs. I don't know what it does to the players, but I I know it's just anytime you get your ass beat like that on the last day of the season, and you had a, a superior team to your opponent, 
yeah, you're you're going to catch strays from everyone. And but yeah, that was one game. There, wh- where could I even begin? Where where should I begin? Um, yeah, okay. Well, let's we can start with the Green Bay Packers. Not only did they not 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 only did they lose to their divisional rival, one of their divisional rivals in the Detroit Lions, they're officially eliminated from the playoffs, uh, from going to the playoffs, and to me that really told me a lot about the Detroit Lions. It, it really did because I I went into the week saying, well Detroit is getting fucked over, being put on the last on the last game of the day. Considering they need the, the Seahawks to lose, like Seattle had to play the Los Angeles Rams, and if if Seattle won the game, Detroit's gonna go into Sunday Night Football literally with nothing to play for, like a win, and they don't even get into the playoffs. Green Bay does, so I always wondered about that mentality. But the fact that Detroit still went in there, despite the fact they were losing for most of the game, not by a lot, but they were losing. And they still went into on the road in a place where they don't rarely they don't really win often. I don't I don't recall how many times the Lions have ever even beat the Packers at Lambeau Field, especially when Aaron Rodgers has been the quarterback. And I'm sure when Brett Favre was the quarterback, they didn't win very much at Lambeau. And that's why I'm saying it showed to me a lot about what the Lions are. They still went and played hard. They still went out there and showed themselves. They played one of the best games all year against a team that was hot as well. The Packers were coming into this game as if I believe they were the favorite. They had to have been the favorite going into this game. The Packers were hot. Everybody was riding on them. It, it, it felt un, uh, inevitable, okay? It felt inevitable that the Packers were going to be in the playoffs. It just felt like, you know, if the NFL was rigged, this would be one of those moments where, yeah, uh, it just had to be Green Bay. It had to be Aaron Rodgers. So against all odds, because it really was. And the fact that they were deflated, that just a couple hours prior that these guys in Detroit find out they're not they're not going to the playoffs, no matter what. So just to have all that happen and go into go into that environment like in a hostile crowd and pull away with the win. And they were impressive. And to pull to pull away with the win, it showed a lot about the character of the team. It showed a lot about uh, how they respond to their head coach and Dan Campbell. Guys, Detroit finishes with a record of nine and eight. I believe, if I'm not wrong, I believe this is the first time since 2016 they have a winning record. I can pull it up right now, just to be just to be exact. Let me see. This is just a flex to to say I remember. I I, I remember. No, 2017. 2017. The last time they made the playoffs was 2016, 9 and 7. And then 2017, they made the playoffs at 9 and 7 again, but didn't make the playoffs. That was a Jim Caldwell was still there. Um, Yeah, so it's been five years since they made the playoffs. I mean, six years since they made the playoffs, but it's been five years since they had a winning record. That's remarkable. That's remarkable. You look at the last, uh, the last three seasons, before this season. They had, in twenty nineteen they went three twelve and one, twenty twenty they went five and eleven, twenty twenty one they went three and thirteen. 
three and thirteen. Three, I mean three, thirteen and one. So, yeah, that the Detroit Lions have not have not been accustomed to winning by no means, and it looked like they were on that track again this season. Starting off the season two and six, and they went out and finished seven and two. The Detroit Lions. I don't want to. I don't want to get in, you know, into their bandwagon and all, but they are going to be one of those teams in the off season that's going to have sky high expectations towards the next year. There's always going to be a couple teams that are going to get high expectations, either coming off, either coming off a season like this. Or depending on what happens in the offseason, you know, depending on what picks you make in the draft and the moves you make in free agency. But Detroit's going to be one of those teams all offseason and all towards the beginning of next season where you're just going to hear, hey, the Lions are a sneaky pick. The Lions are an X factor. And I agree. It's a shame that the Lions are not in the playoffs. I I would rather see the Detroit Lions in the playoffs. Uh, Their offense has been phenomenal. And early on, it was a little bit so-and-so. It was good. It, it was good, but it, it's there's a lot to it now. I think defensively, they're going to have to improve. If they want to take the next step, they're going to have to add more on defense. They're, they're, they're going to have to be able to stop the run. They're going to be able to um, get more help in the secondary. Aiden Hutchinson's a star, though. So at least they know they at least they know that they didn't fuck up their own first uh first round pick. Now the Green Bay Packers they finished below 500 8 and 9. I I said before I said before the weekend, I mean before Sunday. I said, look, the Packers if they don't win this game it's still a failure this season. I don't care how the season ends. You you can't look at you can't look at it on based on what we thought in the middle part of the season. If you base it off of that, then yeah, maybe the Packers season's not such a failure after all. But before the season, regardless of what, regardless of what you thought about the Devontae Adams trade, before the season, the Green Bay Packers were still kind of considered one of the better teams in the NFC. They didn't play like it, obviously, and oh, th- th- there's so many questions right now to Green Bay. And the thing I'm doing the podcast right after, right after the season ends, so. Who the fuck knows? And it's we're probably not going to be able to find out until like the Super Bowl's over, until we hit March, the official end of the, the the official start of next season. Technically, we don't know if Rodgers is going to come back, which is it's kind of getting annoying. Aaron Rodgers is becoming literally what Brett Favre was. He literally is Rodgers. And Favre did not ever like each other. And a lot of people always defended Rodgers for the, you know, some of the crap that Favre gave him. But Rodgers is literally becoming the same exact person that he he probably disliked. Uh, every season, first of all, every offseason, there's always some crap going on with him. Some controversy. Uh, it's not no, nothing illegal, obviously. Nothing really bad, but it's just some absurd stuff going on i can't even explain it, okay there's always something absurd people are talking about aaron Rodgers, um and then obviously last season we didn't know about if he was gonna retire 
There was a lot of speculation he was going to go to Denver. Uh, and he ends up resigning. I mean, the guy's going to be making $50 million a year. The money he's making is, is, is just absurd. I understand that's Aaron Rodgers, but still. That's literally... That's literally what's keeping it's probably gonna be able to keep this team from reaching its full potential again. And I I'll be honest, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers really got the better out of this team this year. He 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 didn't play all that bad, but he wasn't 2020, 2021 Aaron Rodgers. He wasn't. He he fell he fell a step below this season. Really, I thought the catalyst of this team, the reason this team eventually improved was the defense finally improved the secondary especially the pass rushing uh the run game was always there and obviously some of the receivers finally stepped it up some of the young guys um but Aaron Rodgers coming back is going to be the big talking point I think Rodgers some I think I think Rodgers just loves it he loves the attention in a way without saying it. It, it, it that's what it is Aaron Rodgers is going to be the talk of the town for the next couple of months. If he's going to return, if I hate it, I, I don't like it. I don't like it because if, if this is all we're going to be talking about for the next couple of years, if Aaron Rodgers is going to retire, I mean, well, come on, man. I know it gives the media a lot to talk about. It's giving me something to talk about, but obviously I'm not going to talk about it for very, very long because here's the thing about Brady. He doesn't shut down rumors. I mean, he'll shut down rumors quick. If if you ask Brady, are you going to retire? He'll probably give you a yes or no. Whenever, he, you know, maybe not exactly, but I don't know. He can shut it down quickly. You give Rodgers that kind of question, he's going to make you think. He's going to make you uh, believe in things. And and that's that's kind of where I'm going at. If Aaron Rodgers retires and unretires, it wouldn't even shock me anymore at this point, but I don't know. If you're a Packer fan, I have no clue what they're thinking right now. Um, I, I know there's – I know a good number of Packer fans who are probably thinking, man, I hope he comes back next year. It, it's Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day. And they did have a good ending towards the season, okay? There's another group of Packer fans that are like $50 million for this guy when we can literally reload with uh, Jordan Love. And be able to build more pieces around him. However you want to put it. I, I'm glad I'm not a coach. And I'm glad I'm not in management. Because that is a tough decision to make. I, 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 it had to be a tough decision to make last offseason. With the Devontae Adams stuff. It, it had to be. It had to be. I don't I don't disagree with the Packers re-signing Rodgers. I, I, I obviously don't. But I feel like they probably should have cons- they probably should have considered it more. On hey. What if we actually just let him go? Is there any team that can trade for him? Is um, could Jordan Love really be the future quarterback? I don't know. They should have. I don't know. They should have considered him more. I guess um, some of the other other possibilities instead of just saying no, no, no. We have to keep him. It's Aaron Rodgers and give him fifty million a year. That's. I don't know. That I'm. I'm very in between with this Aaron Rodgers situation. It's not really a situation. I, I'm surprised that there's already speculation of retirement. I didn't even consider that until la- uh, last night. So, yeah, that's that. The Packers are not going to the playoffs. 
and and, and maybe it's good for them. They're going to get their asses beat by the 49ers. That that's what was looming for them. A trip to a, a trip to um I was going to say San Francisco. They don't even play in San Francisco. Uh, a trip to Levi Stadium. Is that what it's called still? Levi Stadium to go play the 49ers and get manhandled. I don't care how they were playing. So, yeah, that that was a little a little about the Packers uh Lions. So, the reason the Lions couldn't get to the playoffs was because a team in up in the Northwest, in the Pacific Northwest called the Seattle Seahawks pulled away in an overtime win against Baker Mayfield and the Los Angeles Rams. Look, Baker Mayfield just—he just about gave it to them. He just about gave it to them. If, if anything, Detroit better be mad at Baker Mayfield for giving that game to Seattle. But in all seriousness, as much as I know, a lot of NFL fans would have rather have seen Detroit or Green Bay in the playoffs. Detroit because who doesn't want to see Detroit? I think they're a very good team. Green Bay because it's Green Bay. Seattle at the end of the day, I did say I've said it a couple weeks back. What they the improvement that they've made this season, it's it's great to, to make the playoffs because it makes all of this uh, all of what they've done, it's all justified now. The the young talent that this team has been able to acquire, it's finally been. Now there's work to do. Okay, there's. You know, next season they're going to have expectations even higher, way, way, way higher than they did this season. So I don't know what my expectations for Seattle are. Just don't get your ass beat by a lot because they're going to play a team that's superior to them. But the point for the uh, the point for Seattle is what a great season they've had, nine and eight. Um, in a season where nobody really knew what to expect, nobody expected playoffs. It was supposed to be kind of a, a, a rebuilding year. It was. They they traded their franchise quarterback in Russell Wilson last um, last summer, spring. I don't remember. I can't even remember the exact time it was anymore. I think it was last summer. They traded away Russell Wilson, got a good package for it. But still, you traded away your franchise quarterback. Things looked a little bit bleak for Seattle in a way. <laughs> And then there's uncertainty about how long Pete Carroll is going to last and all. But what a great job by Pete Carroll. What what a great job by the Seattle organization. I, I believe Seattle is one of the best organizations in football. They've shown it this year. Anytime you get rid of a quarterback who, I mean, I'm sure he's got most of the freaking passing records in Seattle. That man's going to that man's gonna have his, a statue of, outside of Seattle, if anything, I'm maybe exaggerating, but you, you get the point. Uh, anytime that happens, there's obviously a lot of re- regression, but Geno Smith, um, he was lights out. I believe he hit over 4,000 yards this season. I believe he hit I Actually, I, I saw a thing. Geno Smith hit seven. I, I'm probably wrong. I think he hit about $7 million in incentives. That's a lot. I think he hit one. He hit a million dollars for making the playoffs. He hit. Well, there was there was one for hitting over four thousand yards, I believe. I think he had a five hundred thousand one or a million one for going to the Pro Bowl. He he, he was he, he was making. He oh uh, there was another incentive. It might have been a million dollars too for uh, playing all season. I think for starting every game or being on every snap. No, I think it was for starting every game. 
Geno Smith got that in, incentive too. That that's really dope. I'm glad to see it. And I'm still not 100% sure if he's going to be the starting quarterback next year. But it's good for him either way because he'd probably be starting somewhere next season. And it, I don't know. It was a great coaching job too. It was a great coaching job. No, not a lot was expected of Pete Carroll and this Seattle team. But with the young players that they have and Kenneth Walker and um, everybody out in the secondary, uh, uh, Quandre Diggs, it's uh, it, it could be a bright future for Seattle. It really is a bright future. Again, I have absolutely no idea. I said Quandre Diggs. Uh, <laughs> Quandre Diggs. I meant, to, but I also meant to say uh, Tariq Woolen. Tariq, I was having a hard. I was having a really hard time remembering off the top of my off, off the top of my head. Sometimes it's gonna happen. Sometimes when you're trying to talk so freaking quick, <laughs> you're gonna forget players' names. <laughs> I wonder what's gonna happen with Jamal Adams next year too. Just saying, um, they need pass rushers though. There's obviously going to be a lot of room for improvement. The defense for so many weeks was one of the worst units in one of the worst in, in, in all of football. And then for a couple of weeks, they looked like one of the best units in football. It, it was, it was a weird year for the defense, but overall they, they, there was more bad than good. Even, even those they've, they've acquired some talent on defense, they're going to need more depth. They're going to need to get more, uh, more pass rushes in my opinion, at least, but now that they've been able to set up the run game again, I think that the offensive line is – this is probably the best the offensive line's been in years. Yeah, I know it took a step back as the season went by, but you, you have to admit, this is at least the better – the best version of a Seattle offensive line they, they were able to ever build in a long time. And they've, they obviously have weapons. And Pete Carroll's still there. <laughs> Pete Carroll's still there, so – they have a chance. This division, by the way, there's a lot of uncertainty in the future of this division. Other than San Francisco, we don't know what the Rams are going to be able to do. There's there's a dark cloud rising over the Los Angeles Rams because there is speculation that Sean McVay might not even return. And that's a big one. Bro, Sean McVay does not return to the Los Angeles Rams. And I could be wrong, depending on who his predecessor is. But if, if he leaves... What is that? What what are the Los Angeles Rams necessarily? They're going to take a step back one way or another, and then the Arizona Cardinals are heading into an abyss for the for for the foreseeable future. So the Seattle Seahawks have a chance to le- legitimately be the second best team in that division for the next couple years, and they're going to the playoffs. Like that's that's very very important. But um, I know they got to be laughing at the Denver Broncos right now. The Denver Broncos were expected to compete for Super Bowls and all this crap. And at least they won yesterday. I, I don't know what positives you can take from that. At least they won. But they have no other choice. They have no other choice. They can't even get a first-round pick. They're not going to the playoffs. I mean, they're not getting a high first-round pick. But you, you you get the point. You get the point with Denver. They really, they really got finessed by Seattle. But, and, and that's the thing. Sometimes that's the thing about crazy thing about football. You don't know when finesse happens sometimes. every A lot of people were applauding Denver for being aggressive and 
trying to change the fortunes of their franchise with Russell Wilson. I didn't call it an A plus, but I thought, hey, it's it's not easy to have an elite quarterback in the game, um, in this game. So, yeah, why not? And and Russell Wilson wasn't happy in Seattle too, so why not? But I, I did not expect it to be. I, I didn't. I, I didn't love the fact that he gave up the whole farm. I mean, a lot. Of, they gave up a lot to go get him. But nobody would have expected how awful he was going to be this season, and how bad Nathaniel Hackett and him were going to be together. I I would not have guessed it. So, congratulations on the Seattle Seahawks on being able to get the seventh seed. Um, moving over around the NFC. Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, boy, Cliff Kingsbury. So, Cliff Kingsbury has been fired from the Arizona Cardinals. And I have called it already. I called it on a previous podcast. I, I always say, you know, I always bring it up. I called it. But I'm, I'm just trying to – I think it makes me feel good about myself. I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. But Cliff Kingsbury had to go. And, again, I, I get no satisfaction from saying people get fired from their jobs. But he made a, a sure – dope um i mean i i don't i'm i'm lost for words right now he made a lot of money okay a lot more money than he probably should have been making anyway he had just had a contract extension probably a little less than a year ago and oh by the way it wasn't just cliff kingsbury general manager their general manager i forgot the name of off the top of my head their general manager decided to step down because of health related issues so you got those things going on by the way i had been clowning them for the last couple months saying you know what? This team, we had clown. You know, this team, we don't like the quarter. We're not so sure about the quarterback situation. We're not sure about the coach and the general manager. And all three of them got the extensions. Well, GM stepped down and the coach got fired. Anytime you're an offensive mind and your offense is not very good, that's a red flag, okay? That is a red flag. I have no idea who's going to be the – you don't know. You, there's candidates out there. I'm hearing Sean Payton, okay? I'm hearing Sean Payton, and I've heard Sean Payton is interested in that Arizona Cardinals job. But it, l- let me step back for a little bit, rewind, go back to Cliff Kingsbury. It, it was not a good job that he did. It wasn't the biggest disaster by me by any means, but – it was not a good job that he did in Arizona. Um, he was able to get a franchise signal caller in Kyler Murray. He was able to get some weapons there. But him, alongside their general manager, just everything that's been going on with Arizona, um, from the outside, if you like, if if you're just look looking from a little, you're just glancing. Okay, if you're just um, casually grant, glancing at the Arizona Cardinals, you would assume they're a decent team for the, over the last couple years, the last two years. Okay, you would assume, oh yeah, they're 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 a good team. They got Kyler, they got Hopkins, uh, uh, Connor. They had Christian Kirk. <laughs> they had uh, they brought in Zach Ertz. Um. AJ Green, if that counts, uh, they had Rondale Moore. They've had a lot of good players, and then la- like last year, they had uh, Chandler Jones and 
J.J. Watts and Buddha Baker. Good players, okay? Good players. Um, the depth, the lack of depth is was always very concerning, but they've really gotten exposed anytime this team has an injury. Every time a team, every time the team has an injury, they get exposed. And the lack of coaching is also apparent when you consider they've had two meltdowns over the last two seasons. Not not this season. Uh, it, it, the whole season was a meltdown. But 2020, they, they just completely fell apart after a promising start. After Really after the, the Hail Mary against Buffalo. And then 2021, they get off to a 10-2 and two start. And they, they the whole wheels came off. And then they got battered by the Rams on Wild Card Weekend. Cliff Kingsbury has not been able to maximize or get the better out of the talent that he's had in Arizona. By Like, by no means. He has not been able to utilize Kyler Murray perhaps the way he should be utilized. He has not been able to get the better out of him. The, the whole organization in general hasn't been able to get the better out of Kyler Murray. They gave him they gave him a large extension. And they don't even know what to do with him. And now he and now he he um he don't we don't even know if he's gonna be able to start for the next season. At least be ready for the beginning of next season because of his injury. There's a lot of uncertainty right now in Arizona. A lots of it. Now, does Sean Payton take this job? Uh, I've heard he probably could. I mean, he's been looking. He's been looking closely at what's been going on in Arizona. Um, I don't think he wouldn't mind being in sunny Arizona. I don't think he would mind working with Kyler Murray. I think if there's any guy in the NFL, I mean, there's obviously there's obviously guys out there, but you're telling me Sean Payton couldn't get the can't get the better out of Kyler Murray. If Kyler Murray does not breach his full potential with a Sean Payton, I don't know whose fault that is. But Sean Payton, the thing with Sean Payton is he's got his work cut out. This is to me, Arizona's not a team that's a couple pieces away. That see, and that's the other thing with Arizona. If you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, listen to this. That's the other thing you have to remind yourself. This is pro this is part of the problem for that for the last year for the last two years hell maybe the last three years that you guys have convinced yourselves hell even even guys looking on the outside they've convinced themselves that hey we're uh we're peace away maybe we can get in one or two more players and we could compete for a super bowl because we have kyler and we have hopkins and well they've convinced themselves for all this time but the product on the field has said otherwise the lack of playoff success has said otherwise. And this year, everything fell apart. Like, they didn't even compete for the playoffs, period. Matter of fact, Arizona, I believe, is getting the third pick in the draft. Now that now that is something. They were awful. Even with Kyler Murray playing, I, they couldn't do anything right. Oh, by the way, don't they, they also need to upgrade that offensive line as well. That's been an issue, but that's for another day. Oh, and, oh, and they need pass rushes. They need they need pass rushers bad. Oh boy, are they gonna need they need that the whole defensive line in, is in general to improve. Oh, and uh, they need a corner as well. They need a lot. The Arizona Cardinals need a whole lot. 
the Arizona, that's the thing. A year ago, Cardinal fans were like, oh, yeah, maybe we can get a couple more players. But no, 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 no. That team, and now that they fired their coach, and now that um, they they don't have their GM anymore, it does make everything very cloudy. But they do need to nail their head coaching higher this time around. And they need to get a competent uh, general manager. I don't think their old general manager was bad necessarily. But I think hiring Cliff, King, Cliff Kingsbury really limited what they were able to do. I will admit they had some very good players. They had some very good players, but more depth was probably needed. And, and definitely, definitely, definitely better coaching. Cliff Kingsbury, when he was brought over, he was he was part of that wave of young offensive minds, offensive gurus. He was anything but. So that's it with Arizona right there. And by the way, they lost to the 49ers. Shocker. I don't think I don't think any that's that's the only cool part about the last day of the season. I don't have to talk about the games. A lot of them meant absolutely nothing. Nothing. Um what's next for me to talk about? Oh yeah. So I was I procrastinated, okay? I procrastinated, but I didn't want to talk about them, but I have to because they are not only are they uh, the team I root for, they're the team that everybody hates. They're the team that gets all the attention. Uh, yeah, that those are the Dallas Cowboys, okay? I was irritated that they even just they didn't have the nerve to say, okay, yeah, Jalen Hurts is going to start for Philly, and Davis Webbs is going to start for the Giants. Okay, let me rewind in case you don't know what I'm talking about. The Dallas Cowboys went into the Sunday holding the fifth seed as a wild card, okay? they If they wanted to win the division, they needed the Philadelphia Eagles to lose, and they needed to win themselves. Here's the problem. The Cowboys, well, not the Cowboys. Here's the problem. The Philadelphia Eagles were going to play a team in the New York Giants who already made the playoffs and were stuck at their seed. They couldn't go any higher or lower, the New York Giants. So the Giants said, all right, we're going to rest all of our players, pretty much rest the whole team. So the Eagles are playing a team that is not going to try. They're going to play hard, but they don't care about the win. Meanwhile, Philadelphia is the best team in football, and they're just getting their, their starting quarterback back. Um, Yeah, so what the hell did Dallas think was going to happen? What the hell did Mike McCarthy assume was going to happen? Did he really think the Philadelphia Eagles, with Hurts coming back, I don't care if he's back from an ACL injury. I don't care. You think Jalen Hurts coming back, coming back off an injury, to help Philadelphia against the New York Giants wasn't going to be enough. You thought Jalen Hurts was going to throw four picks and the Giants were going to pull off an upset with their whole B team out there, the whole the whole uh, the whole squad um, squad full of B team players, the whole scout team per se. You really did he really think that was a possibility? First of all, as a Cowboy fan, I didn't even. Put that into my freaking mind. I already knew Dallas was going to get that fifth seed. Any Cowboy fan is crazy and is a, lo- is, is, is a freaking lunatic to think 
the Cowboys are going to be able to win the division. No, that was not going to happen. Philadelphia's literally going to try their freaking hardest to win against a scout team, basically. Against a team who's not trying. And what does Dallas do? And I understand they're playing at the same time, but Philadelphia went ahead early. Big early. I know the final scoreboard says otherwise, but Philadelphia went up early. Big. Dallas still went and played the starters. And then to rub injury to um, insult to injury, this is probably what the media preferred to talk about. They didn't prefer to talk about the fact they went and played the starters. No, no, no. They had more fun talking about the fact that they went and played the starters and played like absolute dog shit. It was one of the worst. It was one of the worst performances the Dallas Cowboys have ever put out on the football field. And I've seen some mediocre ass teams. That was awful. I don't know. Again, I don't know if they really had no urgency. I, I, I'm pretty sure the players looked at him like, why are we here? We could literally be sitting on the bench right now, chilling, not doing anything, because we know we still have to play the Buccaneers next week. Why are we playing this game? That's probably why. And on the other side, we're playing the Washington Commanders, who literally, I understand, they literally just missed the playoffs. And maybe McCarthy said, oh, they might be inflated. No, 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 no. They're playing the Cowboys. You think anytime you play the Cowboys, you're going to play with lack of motivation? No. Anytime a team plays Dallas, it's their Super Bowl. And that's what the commanders played like. Every catch was contested. They were getting to the quarterback. They, The Washington commanders played like it was their Super Bowl. And the Dallas Cowboys literally were just like sleepwalking the whole game. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go as far as to say that. The Cowboys played awful, but I'm going to be honest, they pre- to their defense, I think they were just sleepwalking. There's no way Dak Prescott's going to put up a performance like that ever again. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way the whole team is going to perform the way they did. I mean, they couldn't even catch a ball to save their lives. They couldn't make a first down to save their lives. It was that kind of a game. I think if that was, if they literally had to play the Commanders next week in the playoffs, I think we beat them anyway. I that that's where my head is at, but that that's not what Dallas wanted. Now everybody's laughing at them. They're they're the butt of all jokes, even though there was other more important games, and that's a confidence killer a little bit. Not all of it. I think I think the players will be ready for next week, but seriously, you don't have anything to play for. Rest the damn starters. On top of that, the previous week against Tennessee, a, a, a game where you're playing their B team. You, every play, I felt like every play, one player from Dallas was holding their knee. They were holding their shoulder. There, anytime you see that, you might, you probably should just assume. All right, let's. Uh, it's probably better to just uh, give the guys a break. Be ready for Tampa Bay next week. That was the that was the most wasteful kind of reps that I ever seen. It, it was awful. I was awful. I don't know if he did it to really fuel a fire under them or something, but. That was awful. That was awful. There was no need to rest. I mean, there was no need to start these guys. It made zero sense. It made zero sense. As a Cowboy fan, it it made zero sense. And I I could probably make a one-hour podcast on Dallas. And I'm on my Friday or Saturday. I'm probably going to have to make one Friday. But on my Friday podcast, I'm going to have to mention it. Because I'm going to do my whole playoff predictions. And I'm going to be serious. I have no clue if Dallas is going to beat Tampa Bay anymore. I've been saying it for a week, though. It was even before the game started. I am not 100% sure if Dallas is going to beat Tampa Bay. In case you don't know what I'm talking about, 
the Dallas Cowboys next week, well, this week in the playoffs, our wild card matchup is going to be at Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have Tom Brady. So let me give you two sides of the spectrum. On one side, the Dallas Cowboys are four games better than the Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, after their loss yesterday, for the first time in Brady's career, he's got a losing record in the regular season. It's the first time in his NFL career he's finished with a losing season. Obviously, they played in such a dreadful division that they won the division. But that's where I'm going at. Dallas is Dallas should win that game. I'm not saying because it's the Cowboys. No, no, no. The Cowboys should win that game. They are the better football team. They are the younger team. They have a better offensive line. They have pass rushes that can give Brady hell. And they've done a good coaching job for the most part this year. Tampa Bay, I mean, I, I if, if you're looking at what they did against Carolina, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, let me tell you something. Carolina's not Dallas, okay? I mean, especially Cal- the Dallas Cowboys are not the Panthers. So the Dallas Cowboys should be able to win against the Buccaneers. They should beat the Buccaneers. They're going to enter as favorites. And rightfully so. The Cowboys have the third largest odds in the NFC to go into the Super Bowl. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Yes, the Buccaneers, underdogs, and yes, they're, they've been mediocre all season. Brady's probably been their bright star, but even Brady's a little bit down, I guess you could say. But here's the problem for the Dallas Cowboys. You're playing against, you're, first of all, you're, an, you're a team that's already been labeled as frauds in the playoffs, which is true. The Cowboys haven't won anything that I've ever seen in the playoffs. I've never seen this team win a damn thing in the playoffs, okay? The divisional round is the furthest I've ever seen this team go go to. I've never seen this team play in an NFC Championship game. That hasn't happened since 1996. So you tell me how I should feel about being confident in the playoffs. I know a lot of fans are not very confident. Well, actually, let me let me rephrase that. A good number of fans aren't confident. A lot of Cowboy fans are they're confident any year. Okay, they're any year, but. How can you be confident going into the playoffs when you your first round matchup is against Tom Brady, who was seven and zero against Dallas? And let's be clear, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not going to play us like they would any team. We're the Dallas Cowboys. They are going to hit their A game. Who knows? They're probably going to find a different gear now. I know that. I know this is not the same team from the last few years, but they. This could be one of those vintage Tom Brady performances, just like he did against Carolina. This could be one of those games. Yeah, I know he's I know he's anxious to play Dallas. Who isn't? That's where I'm worried about. I, I think when you have a guy who's won seven Super Bowls and is the king of the playoffs against a team who's known for who's known for doing well in the regular season and just collapsing in the playoffs, that's just kind of a bad uh that's a bad recipe. <laughs> Don't y'all think this is a bad recipe? Yes, we are play- technically we are playing the worst team of, of, of the NFC. Matter of fact, we're playing the worst team of all the playoff teams. Of all the playoff teams, AFC, NFC, the Buccaneers on record are the worst team. That's what I'm saying. The Cowboys should beat them. But because Tom Brady's there, that's the one thing that is keeping Cowboy fans out of bed. And the way they lost yesterday <laughs> didn't help. If the Dallas Cowboys lose 
and I'm probably going to get more on the preview. If the Dallas Cowboys lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next Monday, because yeah, they're going to they're going to play them on Monday Night Football. Imagine having to wait all weekend to watch your team play. But if the Dallas Cowboys lose on Monday night, it is going to be an embarrassment for the organization. Mike McCarthy, I don't think he's going to get fired because he did well already. He did well in the regular season. He ain't going to get fired, but he's going to be on the hot seat now. Jerry Jones is not getting any younger. He learned for I'm pretty sure he had to learn from his mistake with Jason Garrett. A big one, a costly one too. My, Jerry Jones is not getting any younger, guys. And he's look and the fact that uh, Sean Payton's out there and talking to teams, I think Jerry Jones is like if this guy doesn't at least, at least get us to the NFC Championship. I think that's the expectation. I think Mike McCarthy has to get this team to the NFC Championship. I'm not going to put them I'm not going to give them the burden of having to win a Super Bowl. I, I I think they're not the they're a really good team. They're a really really good football team, but they're not the best team out there. I, I don't want to give them the burden of Super Bowl or bust. At least not yet. But if they lose here in the wild card round to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I don't care how I don't care if they have God at quarterback. There's going to be questions to be answered. There's going to be lots of questions to be answered. That will be two straight seasons of 12 and 5 seasons and wild card defeats, first round exits. That will be unacceptable. That's unacceptable. I'm a Cowboys fan, and I keep my expectations uh, under my sleeve. I tend to keep them a little bit on the low. This is low for my expectations. The I don't. You want my honest opinion on how far Dallas is going to go? If if anybody wants my honest opinion of where I think Dallas is going to go, I think they're going to end up in the divisional round and lose to Philadelphia. That's my honest prediction, and honestly. My expectation, my my highest expectation for this team is to get to the NFC Championship. I think they have a good shot against Philly anyway. I think getting to the NFC title game would satisfy me. If they lose, unless they lose in some ridiculous fashion they blew, if they lose that game, I, I would look at the season as, as a success. I, I understand the Super Bowl and all this, but we can't keep doing this to Dallas. I, cannot, I, I can't, as a fan, keep doing this to the Cowboys. I don't care if they were just 12 and 5. I don't care. We cannot, and they're a wild card team, but I cannot keep doing this to the Dallas Cowboys. The more I want, the more I want this team to go to the freaking Super Bowl, the more I'm just going to be disappointed. I have to lower my expectations. That's why. That's what's that's why I'm different to other Cowboy fans. Every other fan, Super Bowl or your failure. And the and the problem with that thinking, it's great to have high expectations. But what have they done? What have they turned? What have, what the hell has this organization done? Um, excuse me. What has this team done? What has this team? What has this franchise done since the turn of the new millennium? On the field, that makes me suggest, yeah, they have to win a Super Bowl or it's a failure. That that is what fans do to the team, and opposing fan bases, cowboy haters, the media, they look at that and say, okay, so. They laugh at us anytime we don't win the Super Bowl, but that's because the fans have, have put so much pressure on the freaking team itself. That's the problem with the Dallas Cowboys. But at the end of the day, they are a very good team. I'm not basing this just on judge on the fact they're America's team and the 
five Super Bowls and all this. No, no, no. I'm basing it. I'm basing this based off of. I'm judging this. <laughs> sorry, I'm judging this based on the fact that they are a very good football team. And this is the first time in 15 years that the Dallas Cowboys are going to the playoffs for consecutive seasons. That's not a that's not a joke. It's the first time in 15 years that the Cowboys are going to the playoffs on consecutive occasions. But what the hell would that mean if they lose in a, in a wild card game to a team that's not even 500? That is that has to go on Mike McCarthy. That was one of the biggest flaws of of, of uh, Jason Garrett. He could not get the better out of his players by no means. Mike McCarthy has done a better job than Jason Garrett, but Mike McCarthy is somewhere on a similar plane. He's he's better, though. But even him, he has not been able to get the better out of these guys. I'm not sure if Jason – I'm not sure if uh, Sean Payton can get this team to a Super Bowl or somewhere close to it, but I, I sure as hell know he ain't, he ain't going to let his team get to be in the wild card round. Um, but that's enough on that. Um, at least for the Sunday, we're oh Monday, we're gonna be backing Mike McCarthy. But man, a loss, I can't do it. Another loss in the wild card run, I I cannot do it. This team has got to look themselves in the mirror if that happens. Oh man, my back is killing me. My back is killing me. Philadelphia, congrats to them. Um, I know Cowboy fans will kill me for just saying that, but congrats to the Dallas, I mean, to the Philadelphia Eagles. They won the division about freaking time. They stop. That's that. Uh, that's what I was mad about last week because I was like, Philadelphia should have just won the freaking division against the Saints. I I don't know if they did it on purpose, but what a waste. I mean, like they should have just won that game. I was hoping they won that game so Dallas could just go into this game and rest no no no. mike mccarthy wanted any slimmer of hope just to put his starters in i didn't like that decision at all but the new york giants had nothing to play for the washington commanders i I have to give them their props i as much as i know they they were a bunch of tryhards on sunday i gotta give them their props look they're a good team my issue with them i i've said it on other podcasts i've always said they're a good team i i'm gonna be honest on paper i think they have better players than the giants who are going to the playoffs. I've said it about the commanders. I think they're an actually good football team, and Rivera's not a bad coach. Their problem is quarterback still. And it's been that for, it's been that way for, I don't know, since uh, Dan Snyder bought the freaking team. Quarterback has been the issue. They don't have a franchise quarterback. And then, obviously, some they need, they need a little more consistency, okay? See, if you're a commander fan, you have to be a little frustrated because they played an A-plus game on Sunday yesterday. They played lights out and looked like a playoff team. Right after the right after they they right after they threw a stinker the Sunday previous previous to that. One week before this week, I mean last week, last week the commanders in a game they actually had a win not not against the cowboys when their season was over no 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 in a game they actually had a win at home against an easier team in the browns they threw an egg they 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 sucked they couldn't do anything right rivera had one of the worst decisions of, the, of his career putting in carson wentz and it was awful and they lost the game and they lost the right to go to the playoffs and then one week they go and put up a performance like this against dallas you have to be frustrated if you're a commanders fan 
if I'm a if I'm a Commanders fan, I'm not even celebrating. I'm like, what the hell was this? We could not do this against the Browns. That's a mediocre team. It's a talented team, but that's a mediocre team. A team that's gonna put up a lights out performance one week, but you're just wondering why they couldn't do it the other week. In a game where there was had to be urgency. I'm serious. They played the Cowboys like it was a Super Bowl, but they literally had a week. The the prior week they had a game where they literally had a win to probably make the playoffs, and they had no urgency in that game. So, if you're a Commanders fan, I think it was a it was an all right job they did this season. Uh, until they get that quarterback situ uh, situation fixed, they're not going anywhere. They might be able to uh, compete and go to the playoffs in the future, but they do need to fix that quarterback situation. And get rid of their owner. Next next one up. How about the AFC? The Miami Dolphins. Congratulations to the Miami Dolphins. Um, they are going to the playoffs as the number seven seed. Guys, I called it. They play a horrendous. The, the game was just horrendous between the Dolphins and Jets. It was horrendous. I, I said it was going to be an ugly game. I could see it. And it was an ugly game. <laughs> I didn't. I thought I was going to see a little bit more offense from the Jets. I really did. I thought I was going to see some inspiration, at least like similar to where the Lions did against Green Bay, to where the Commanders did against Dallas. I thought I was going to see some, some passion out there. Hell no, they couldn't do anything on offense. Nothing they could do, and it, it was a stinker of a game. But I don't think the Dolphins fans and their team cared. They pulled away with a close ass win. And they're headed to the playoffs. I'm going to be honest with you. I was rooting against them. <laughs> Look, I didn't want to see the Dolphins in the playoffs. Not because I hate the team. I didn't want to see them because they're limping bad into the playoffs. They're they're fresh meat for the Buffalo Bills. I don't care what Dolphins say about, oh, yeah, but we've played them really well the first two games. You played them well, but you were healthier. You had two at starting quarterback. They don't even know who's the, They don't even know who's going to be their quarterback for the playoffs. And it might not even be Tua. Tua might not even be back yet. They're, they're, it's going to be either Skylar Thompson or Terry Bridgewater. And Bridgewater hasn't been all that great either. He throws a lot of interceptions he's been throwing. And then there's, there's obviously injuries on their defense. Like, they're limping. And then throughout the game, you see Tyreek Kill go down. And then Waddle looked like he was limping. Like, this team is limping into the playoffs. Like, for the, if it wasn't for the fact they had to play the lifeless offensive team in the Jets, they probably wouldn't don't even make the playoffs either. They lost five games in a row, and the one that snapped it was the game they had to win. Congrats to them, but, man, they are going to be fresh meat for the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Their reward is playing, the, but I think it's still good. I think you have to understand a lot of these players, besides Tyree Kill, of course, but a lot of these players on the team have never been to the playoffs. So it's always good to get experience. They've done a little bit of winning. They've had winning records the last two years, the Dolphins. So you also have to think about it like that. They've had winning records the last two years and failed to get to the playoffs. That's got to be frustrating if you're a player for the team, if you're somewhere working in the organization, and if you're a diehard fan. At least you're finally in the playoffs. That It's awesome. They're back in the playoffs. But, man, some of these – like if they were a healthy team going into – the playoffs as a seven seed, they're scary. It would have been a tough matchup for the Buffalo Bills. Very, very tough matchup. But 
who knows? I, I think they're going to play very hard. I still think they're going to play a very good game, but they're not going to be able to come with their whole arsenal into Buffalo. And Buffalo is going to be full on adrenaline with Super Bowl aspirations. So, and speaking of the Bills, they ended the New England Patriots playoff aspirations. It was one of the weirdest games I'd seen. The Buffalo Bills, I thought they were probably just going to blow the roof off of New England, but New England went there and played well. They played well. New England played well, and boy, you, you you have to wonder if the Bills don't have two kickoff returns, two kickoff returns on them. The the Patriots have to be wondering, like, literally, they lost the game because of two kickoff returns. How do you do it? How do you go? I don't even want to get into that, but they let two kickoff returns on them go. Down the stretch, they, the offense just imploded. Mac Jones, the... Just the whole team in general couldn't do anything to save their lives on offense any longer. And, and the defense kept playing well, too. Other than some of those big plays, which you knew were coming. But the defense, I mean, they did their they did their job this season, and they did their job in this game. Like, they forced turnovers. That's the thing. They forced turnovers. And, and, and when good field, they got good field position out of them. And the offense couldn't capitalize at all. That has to be frustrating. Something's got to fix. Something has got to be fixed on that New England Patriots offense. It has to be fixed. I've already said Patricia can't be the offensive coordinator anymore. Belichick's still a great coach, but he's got to do something about that offense, man. He's he got away with it for many years, but he always had J- Josh McDaniels. He always had good people around him, but that crap can't flow any longer. I don't know what the 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 reasoning is behind it. I I don't understand it. No weapons, no creativity, nothing flowing on offense. It's it's sad to see. It's sad to see because they were in the game. They could they could have almost upset the Bills. And now the Patriots are not going to be in the playoffs. So it, it's a tough ending for New England. It was such an up and down year, but you knew a lot of it was broken. And the defense is always going to play well, but a lot a lot of answers to quite uh, a lot of questions to answer. And the Buffalo Bills. We knew they were going to come in motivated for this game, and they did. They they played. Josh Allen did not play the per, the most perfect game. The team did not play the most perfect game either. Um, but they did get the job done, and they played better. They they made fewer mistakes per se than the Patriots, and they played an all around good game. You got to give it to the Buffalo Bills. They're going to play the Miami Dolphins, and I think they would love to just destroy them. They played two really close games against them, and I think they really, they really want to beat the hell out of this team. It's been their only competition in the division, really. The Jets, it seemed like it could have been the Jets, but we already know what happened to them. Alrighty, so in the AFC North, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. I have, I don't even know what to think about this team anymore. Lamar Jackson, I have. I don't have much optimism that he will be back for the playoffs. I've lost all optimism. Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh doesn't even want to give an update on it. I mean, all signs indicate that this man is not even going to play in the playoffs, which is just frustrating if you're a Ravens fan. It's going to be the second straight year that he does he is not able to play down the stretch to end the season. It's frustrating. Lamar Jackson has not played a playoff game in two years now. It is frustrating. 
it is very, very frustrating. And they got their asses beat by the Bengals. And I knew that was going to happen. The Bengals are just, they have more firepower than the Ravens. It's as simple as that. They're a bunch better team than last year. I still think there's some question marks on their offensive line for the Bengals. But overall, Burrow's got more experience. Uh, the receivers, I mean, <laughs> him and the chemistry with him is just incredible. The defense has improved. They're more confident now. Last year, they they were the new kids on the block. They're not the new kids on the block anymore. They're better. I want to say veterans, but they, they know what they're doing, okay? And the Ravens, there's a lot of questions to them. I don't think they want to play the Bengals again. The Bengals are going to be – they're going to give them an ass beating again in this playoffs. And unless Lamar Jackson is able to come back, you can forget it, man. But it's frustrating. It, it's got to be frustrating for the Ravens. They don't have any any – sort of offense whatsoever and they're gonna have to answer some other questions too in the offseason i think they're still a really good football team but they are not the best team in the they are not the best team in the division until they can have a quarterback that's going to be able to stay healthy all year and that's really nothing because i think lamar jackson's otherworldly talented but on top of that when he is on the field they're going to need to get him a different offensive coordinator and more weapons and a lot more help i guess that's what the Baltimore Ravens need, and they're a, they're just atrocious on offense. Nobody's itching to go watch a Baltimore Ravens game right now because of their offense. Simple as that. So the Bengals are obviously going to win the division. They already had won it anyway, and yeah, they're a very very good football team. And I think they're the only two teams that are standing in the way are the two teams that are standing on anybody's way: the Bills and the Chiefs. And there's a strong possibility they're going to have to play Buffalo anyway. So. That's going to be a very, very good game. Very, very good game. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I felt sorry for them. They're the reason why I won. I didn't want the Dolphins in the playoffs. I wanted to see the Steelers. Now, I know it's crazy because I think they were probably going to get smacked too by the Buffalo Bills anyway, but their defense has come alive. Kenny Pickett, I mean, he, he was all right. He was all right on Sunday. I, I can't say he was excellent, but the, the whole team has just come alive. They beat a team that I thought was going to give them a very difficult time, which was partially true. Mike Tomlin continues his epic streak of being over 500. It's incredible now. It's inevitable. No matter how bad they are in the year, they always figure a way to get back up. But they did get healthier. And I think the future is bright in Pittsburgh. I, I think they're going to be able to do some stuff. Um, if Baltimore... <laughs> Fumbles the bag with Lamar Jackson. We don't know what we're going to get at Cleveland, but Pittsburgh, they're, they're going to be able to hang around in the division for many years. If Kenny Pickett, it really is that guy. And they're able to they're able to get him, like the Ravens, they're able to get him a freaking new offensive coordinator. So, yeah, Pittsburgh, another good year. Another good year. It's, it's, what a great ending to their season. Um, moving on, moving on. How about the how about Saturday night's game? The game that should have been Sunday, but okay, I'll excuse it only because it's a Lions one. The Tennessee Titans and Jacksonville Jaguars. The only thing I got wrong about this game is that it was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. I th I thought Trevor Lawrence is going to have a massive game, but the Tennessee the Tennessee Titans defense they're always a little better than I think they are. Okay, they put pressure. They definitely stopped the run game. I mean, they did not let that happen. Their defense was, I mean, it almost single-handedly won them the game. 
Tennessee, the Tennessee Titans defense almost won in the game. They did a great job. And Joshua Dobbs did a solid job too. He, he did what he had to go do. Derrick Henry was good. And literally it came down to a strip fumble. It literally was a strip fumble. And on Joshua Dobbs, that led to the touchdown. The defense, the Jacksonville Jaguars defense are are the ones who scored them the the the, the game winning touchdown. I knew Joshua Dobbs was gonna turn it over. I just knew it was inedible. I, I knew with two minutes left, I'm like, there is no way in hell the Tennessee Titans are gonna win this game. No matter I know they led for a good portion of the game, but I just didn't see it. I knew they were gonna do something. Joshua Dobbs is still too um inexperienced as an you know as an NFL quarterback and I just knew it I, I just knew it was going to happen it's one you just feel it you you kind of feel it's going to happen I knew it the Jaguars they did it I thought Trevor Lawrence is going to win them the game I thought Trevor Lawrence was going to destroy them I, I thought the whole team in general but the Jaguars did more than enough the Tennessee Titans I didn't pick, see I didn't pick the Jaguars just because they were playing better than the Titans the Titans weren't playing very well at all. They had no offense whatsoever other than Derrick Henry. They really don't have much of an offense, okay? And they were going in there with their third-screen quarterback. That that already explains all that needs to be explained. The Jaguars did exactly what they should have done, and they won the game. They played a team that they're, they are better than. I know Tennessee, Tennessee's a very well-coached team, and that's what the one thing they did prove. Mike Vrabel is a hell of a coach, and... They're gonna and they need some talent for real. Some teams need coaching, some teams need depth, but that team needs talent. They need playmakers. They need to um, re- rebuild that offensive line for sure. They obviously could use more players on defense, but it's already very well coached. And they got some, they got some dogs there in Simmons and Autry, uh, Byard. They have good players on defense, but man, that offense needs to be rejuvenated or something. And then just today, they did fire their offensive coordinator as well. So. Keep an eye on Bill O'Brien. I, I know I said he could go to New England, but, man, Tennessee's enticing too. Tennessee's not a bad – it's not a bad spot for Bill O'Brien, but then then again, like, I mean, I don't know. All, all I know is that Bill, Bryan, Bill O'Brien's going to have a lot of options, but his but the two that are going to stand out, it's uh, you want to work with Ryan Tannehill or you're going to want to work with uh, Mac Jones. And, by the way, I don't know who will be the quarterback for Tennessee next year. Like, for overall, the starting quarterback, that is. So, yeah, the Tennessee Titans, what a way to end the year, though. I mean, I knew they were going to lose this game anyway, but seven losses in a row to end the season. That's awful. That is awful. That is god dang awful. And it still came down to the last day of the season. But congratulations to the Jaguars. I forgot to say that. They win the first division title in five years. It's... I believe the fourth or fifth division title in their franchise history. You got to understand, they've only been a franchise since 1995. But you also have to understand, they won most of the bulk of their division titles came in the late 90s. Like, that was the most uh, prosperous time in Jaguars history. When they first became a team, they were really good in the mid to late 90s. And then they really have stunk it up since. Um, but I've said it before. I think I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be what Peyton Manning was to that division. He's. I think the Jaguars could dominate this division for years to come. I think Tennessee. I think Tennessee. They do need a. 
lot done, but I think with Vrabel and with the defense, I still think they can they can still be able to compete. I think they're going to be able to hang around 500 until they can get a, a more proven, like a better offense in general, or even a better quarterback, an upgrade. Because the Colts, the Colts and Texans ain't going nowhere soon. Okay. And, and, oh, and great. I'm glad I just mentioned those two teams. Probably the most dramatic thing that happened on Sunday was the Colts Texans game. The battle of, the battle of trash. Okay. I'm not, I'm not even mediocrity. It's garbage. The Houston Texans. And I, and I called it. I'm glad I got the prediction right. A lot of people didn't, but I got the prediction right. The Houston Texans won against the Indianapolis Colts. I said it was going to happen. I said they're gonna play. They're just going to play hard for no reason. They're just gonna go out there and try to win. The Colts just suck right now. There's probably not a team that sucks more than the Colts right now. So yeah, I think the Texans are gonna go in there and beat them. I just see it. I just see it. And they did. Now initially they were beating them, but then Indianapolis came back and they had them on the ropes. Houston did the most improbable thing. You probably already seen it. Fourth and twenty. Games were literally about to end. Literally about ten, and they throw, and Davis Mills throw almost borderline looks like a hail mary, but it just he gets out the pocket and throws it here right into the end zone, and they score a freaking touchdown. I, I mean, the announcers were shocked when they did that. I mean, it it's dramatic. Okay, not they ha- they only needed twenty yards, but they got it into the end zone, and then and then even more dramatic, they went for two. Lovey Smith said, "You know what? They're gonna fire me anyway." Let's go for two. He threw the middle. I love it. He threw the middle finger at the McNair family of Houston and said, here, screw y'all. Yeah, you're going to fire me. I ain't going to get y'all the number one pick. And they, they got it. They went for two and they got it. And a couple hours later, Lovey Smith is out of Houston. Look, they've done that man dirty. They've done the last two coaches dirty, if anything. I don't, I don't like what they did. To Lovey Smith because they literally brought him in there just so he could lose. I mean, he's gonna try to win, but they brought him there because they knew there nothing else was gonna happen. They didn't have a quarterback. I mean, they, they just had a real bad team in general. They brought him there to fail. They brought Lovey Smith in there to fail, and he still said, All right, I'm not here to tank. I'm here to coach my ass off. Because at the end of the day, a coach is a coach. You're always gonna want to you're always gonna you never know what other uh, opportunity is going to come. And I like what he did. He knew they weren't going to keep him anyway. He knew they weren't going to keep him. And it's, it's a toxic nature of the NFL. Owners sometimes want to tank so hard. and They bring in a coach just to just to be there, okay? Just to, be, just to say, oh, yeah, we hired Lovey Smith. We hired an African-American coach. Because you know that's an issue in the NFL. There's the lack of... Um, you know, minority coaches in the league, definitely the lack of minority people in front office and in ownership. But yeah, Houston, you know, right on, you know, with that whole thing of with Brian Flores's the Brian Flores situation in Miami going on and the um, with him suing the league. Yeah, Houston was like, all right, we're going to hire Lovey Smith. And yeah, Lovey Smith wasn't brought there because they, they had a promising future being built. No, he was brought there just while they planned other shit out. And now that they're about to get a, a top pick, uh, they seem to, I guess, know what they're going to do. I don't know what the hell. But now they're like, all right, yeah, you're out. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't like it because he was a good enough coach, but I don't like that they had to do it like that. And and, and they'll be silly to hire Josh McCown. I'd be I'd be dumbfounded if they decided to hire Josh McCown, who has absolutely no NFL coach coaching experience, not even college coaching experience. But the Houston Texans. As a matter of fact, D'Amico Ryan's the uh, defensive coordinator of the 49ers. He's one of the hottest coaching candidates out there. He don't even want to coach the Houston Texans, and he played for that team. He's one of the best players in the organization's history, I guess. And yeah, they don't. He doesn't want any part of it. I think it's the way he left too. I don't know if he's whoever Houston gets. They got a tough task ahead of them. They got a tough task ahead of them. Obviously, they have draft capital and all, but still, man, they have to capitalize. Now, on the other side of the thing, they didn't get the number one pick because of it. Um, I, I called it. I said the Chicago Bears are probably going to have the number one pick. Here's the thing. Yes, I did say, well, the Bears having the one pick might not change things because they don't need a quarterback at number one. But a couple other teams do need a quarterback. And with Chicago at number one, not Houston, with Chicago number one, Chicago's going to have their phones on. A, I mean, on, on the notifications, the notifications are going to be on. The phone calls are going to be ready for any phone call. They're ready to take calls. <laughs> They're ready to take calls from any team that's willing to give them extra draft picks to trade for a quarterback. And that is where the Houston Texans were, would have messed up. See, if, if Chicago just goes and says, all right, we're taking Jalen Carter or uh, Will Anderson, well, it doesn't hurt the Houston Texans at all. It's like nothing happened. They go and get the quarterback they want. However, if Chicago does answer to some of these calls, say Seattle or say um, Atlanta, say Detroit, they answer to one of these calls and they say, okay, we agree to a trade. <laughs> Houston is on – Houston will be it, – it, it'll be – It'll be a, a rough day in Houston if you're a Houston Texans fan because that would mean they want to get the quarterback they want. It, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy because the Houston te- that, that is the reason Houston wanted the first pick. That's the reason anybody wants a first pick. But anytime you want a quarterback, especially one that a lot of people are going to want, Bryce Young is probably going to end up going one. So, yeah, this is going to be crazy. This is going to be nuts. This is going to be nuts. And the only way Houston can do something about it is either pray or trade up to number one. Kind of like Chicago did a couple years ago with Trubisky. Traded from three to two. Look how that turned out. Yeah, crazy thing. And Indianapolis, um, they're going to get a pretty good pick anyway. I have no clue what the Colts are going to get anymore. Um, but they do need to rebuild that roster. I'm, I'm the believer that they, similar to Carolina, I think they need to kind of retool the roster, make it better, and then bring a quarterback in. Uh, or who knows with Indianapolis. I mean, at this point, they don't care how they get it. They just they need a franchise signal caller. But the Colts need to get one in the draft this time around. Enough with the enough with the free agent stuff. I know they're gonna I know the Colts are gonna be linked to Derek Carr all offseason. I know they're gonna be linked to Geno Smith. I just know it. Or, or uh what's his face? Uh um Jared Goff, they're going to be linked to some of these guys again. No, enough's enough. They're not even ready to compete to get eight wins anymore. They need to get a guy in the draft. 
And if any team should trade up, it should be the Colts. Either rebuild that roster or get get the guy. Get the man in the draft. The guy you think <laughs> fits your roster. And then where else? The Denver Broncos uh, beat the Chargers. Who wants to get into that? Actually, the Cowboys, while they committed a big blunder, it's only noticeable because they're the Dallas Cowboys, and it was a big beatdown. But the Chargers also lost to Denver, and it was a very costly game. They also had a couple guys. That, well, first of all, they shouldn't have ever even played most of their starters. The Los Angeles Chargers did not even – lot. I don't know. The Los Angeles Chargers really, really messed up. I mean, they – Mike Williams and Joey Bosa and all this – they had no business playing some of these guys. A matter of fact, I had said on the other podcast, I think the Chargers can get the fifth seed. I believe that was false. I don't think they could have gotten the fifth seed. I think the Ravens had the good tiebreaker on them. So they were stuck where they were at. So, yeah, they, they committed a big blunder. And some of these guys were actually like, from what I was hearing, they were getting injured. But I hope the Chargers are pretty good in shape to play the Jaguars. That's going to be, a, it's gonna be a, a slobber knocker, I'll tell you that. I'm confident in the Chargers, but this is it. This is where this is where legends are made. This is where Justin Herbert's going to make his money. What about the Raiders-Chiefs game? I don't even want to talk about that, of course, but the Chiefs beat the living dog crap out of the Raiders, like always. Mahomes is flawless against them. But the Raiders, they, they, oh, boy. They, if, is there any team that's going to have a more interesting offseason than them? Devontae Adams is probably very unhappy with the front office and Cars on his way out. They want Brady so bad. I mean, Mark Davis wants Tom Brady so bad. I I don't even know if McDaniel's wants him that bad. I don't even know if they should get Brady that bad. I mean, have they thought about maybe uh, getting a much more improved offensive line, like rebuilding that whole offensive line? Have they thought of maybe having uh, the kind of defenses that uh, the Buccaneers had had the last two years? Have they have they considered that before? Go just go getting Brady. If they just go get Brady like that without not much help, um, and, and by the way, they don't they don't even know they're going to re-sign Josh Jacobs. Like, you think Brady wants to go play without another, <laughs> without having an, an asset like that? It, it'll suck. It'll suck. I know they're good at receiver, but that that's got to suck. Um, and my, Mark Davis says that he wants to build the winner, but you just bring Brady like that. And, and with not a very good team around him. A couple of pieces there, but not a very good team around him. Uh, I don't know, man. I think I think you're not wanting to win. I think you just want to put uh, butts in the seats. You just want to sell tickets. I don't think that should be the mentality by Mark Davis. I that, That's what I got the vibe out of, but um, it, it's crazy. I don't think Mark Davis – I don't think he's the worst owner in the league. I don't think he's the worst of owners, but – He's not the best. And some of the decisions he's made, like the the John Gruden hire, giving him that 10-year contract, they have sucked in the draft. They, they might be the worst draft, the worst drafting team in the league. I mean, they, they're not very good. Um, they're one of the worst. They know how to find some certain gems. I don't know if it's just luck, but it's the first round where they just they're awful. They can't draft the first rounder to save their lives. The other thing with the Raiders, too, is, I mean, they, they, they got themselves a shiny new stadium. Um, they're, yeah, they're the, they're the talk of Vegas for the most part, but how much of a home field really is it? How much, like, I think Mark Davis just wants 
he says he wants to win, but in my honest opinion, I think he just really wants to make an impact in Vegas. I think he wants to put his he he wants to make his imprint. I think he wants to be known around Vegas more. I mean, he he's already all over Vegas now, but how do you get more recognition than than you already have? I don't know, winning. Sure, winning. By the way, yeah, I think the other uh it was yesterday. And I only wanted to talk about this. Mark Davis was literally pissed off, pissed the fuck off because his his team, his stadium is covered by opposing fan bases. A lot of Chiefs, I think the Chiefs fans outnumber the Raiders fans probably. And for the 49ers-Raiders game, 49ers outnumber Raider fans seven by, uh, 75 to 25. 75% of the Allegiant Stadium in Vegas had 49ers fans. Three quarters of it. That's incredible. But that's what's going to happen when, one, your team's not very good. Uh, two, you move the team out of the freaking city, out of Oakland, where they they had a good number of their fans in the Bay Area. You moved them out and put them in Las Vegas, a team with who's never had a football a football team before. You literally put them there because of that. You know, and you and the stadium's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but you literally moved them out of the city. What are you? You're gonna expect all the Oakland fans to just show up? See, that's the thing. That's the difference. Yes, the the Coliseum was not very good, but opposing fan bases did not like to travel to the Coliseum. The Coliseum was a dog pound. It was one of the most intimidating places to go to, even when, even even when they sucked. The Allegiant Stadium is different. It's a shiny place. It's a luxury place. People are comfortable. People want to go there. Opposing fan bases want to go there, and and that's what he doesn't realize that, yeah, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. And the 49er fan base anyway travels anyway. Anytime you play the Chiefs, even as Cowboy fans, anytime you play the Chiefs, Steelers, Broncos, and you know, teams with diehard fan bases who are accustomed to actually winning and stuff, yeah, you're going to get a lot of opposing fan base, a lot of a lot of opposing fans. But he knew he knew the risk. He, what do you think? He was going to take the, the team to Vegas and the fans too? No, 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 no. You're going to have fans in Vegas. Don't get me wrong. In Nevada. But come on, man. They should know better. And if he wants more fans, he, he wants more fans, to, to, uh, Raider fans to pop up in the stadium. Yeah, you start winning. You start winning. You have to start winning somehow. <laughs> but yeah, that that's it on that there's obviously going to be more talking points about the NF about this whole freaking NFL season um postseason and then right after the postseason man more crap is going to happen look more there's probably going to be other coaching changes in the next week um who knows there's probably going to be there's there's going to be some chaos this whole postseason on and off the field but yeah Friday I will be doing a, not just the, the weekend's predictions but I'm going to do the whole I'm going to do the whole playoff predictions. I might as well. I might as well, okay? But, yeah, that's uh, that's been it for me. I got really into it in this one. And um, I just hope everybody has a great rest of the day, this slime. And I hope everybody enjoys the rest of the week. I will be seeing you all Friday. This slime is officially out.